Amen. Peace of Christ be with you, Hope College. Happy Friday. Yes. One quick notice. Um, before the notice, we have some guests here visiting Hope. We want to welcome you to chapel this morning. No other place to be. We're really grateful you're here. Uh, one quick notice at 12 o'clock today is the end of sign-ups for Men and Women's Night out, out at Camp Geneva. If you're thinking about what to do tonight, it's going to be golden sunsets, fun times, relationships that could last a lifetime that could begin tonight. Think about that. I want to begin with a question. Why are you here? I mean, college. You're here, right, to get a degree. But a degree at Hope College has got to be more than just acquiring the information and knowledge and the skill sets to earn a diploma and to get a job. We want that, but it's, it's more than that, isn't it? Like why you're really here, what you really want. Don't you really want this to be more about than just getting a diploma? Don't you want this to be about something as real as finding out how to live? How to live a good life, the art of living. Finding out what the real, authentic life is all about. Don't you want that? I want that. And I think that that's really what a place like Hope College exists for. We don't exist for our brand. We don't exist to be an institution. We exist that maybe, just maybe, this could be an invitation for you to step into a real life. I, I, I think about that. I think of one of my favorite stories from one of my favorite writers, Kain Potok, who tells the story of wanting to be a writer at an early age. And right before he went to college, his mother pulled him aside and said, Kain, I know you want to be a writer, but, but listen to your mama. Be a brain surgeon. You'll make a lot of money. You'll keep a lot of people from dying. And he said, no, 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 mom. I want, I want to be a writer. I want to write. He went off to college. He came back for break. His mother gave him a hug, took him off alone. It's a time. Listen to your mama. I know you. I love you. Be a brain surgeon. You'll make a lot of money. You'll keep a lot of people from dying. And he said, no, mama. I want, I want to be a writer. This exchange conversation happened every vacation, every break, every holiday. Heim, listen to your mama. Be a brain surgeon. You'll keep a lot of people from dying. You'll make a lot of money. No, I, I want to be a writer. The conversations kept going and accumulated, and the pressure intensified until it finally detonated an explosion from his mom. Heim, listen to me. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your talent. Be a brain surgeon. You'll make a lot of money. You'll keep a lot of people from dying. You'll do a lot of good. And the explosion detonated a counter explosion. Mama, I don't want to keep people from dying. I want to show them how to live. I love that. Life is more than just keeping people from dying. And isn't that really what we're after, to learn how to live? In that spirit, I want to point us to a verse. In the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It's 
a remarkable, remarkable statement. Remarkable. It's making a remarkable claim and it's offering us a remarkable promise. The remarkable claim, I am the light of the world. Jesus is mixing a cocktail with two ingredients of divine self-reference. I am, we talked about this last week, in the Gospel of John, which we're working through, there are seven I am statements, seven being the perfect number. The I am statements pointing to uh, God's conversation with Moses saying, tell them I am who I am. Anytime the word I am shows up, it's a direct reference to God. Jesus is saying, I am. I am the light of the world, not a light of the world, the light of the world. And in the Old Testament, the, the attribute of light is always associated with God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I shall not be afraid, begins Psalm 27. Light, light is always in reference to God. And particularly in the context in which this verse is given, it's given in the festival of the tabernacles or booths. Jesus would have been probably speaking to a group of people out in the tabernacle of the women. Now, the festival of tabernacles is one of the three pilgrimage uh, festivals for the Jewish people, where they invite, at this one, all the nations of the world to come to Jerusalem to remember two things, to remember God's provision for them in the wilderness, where God provided manna, and God led them by a pillar of fire through the wilderness. And it is also to point to the messianic age, to the age when the Messiah would come. It's a festival of great celebration and joy and singing and dancing. It's a festival when all the people of Israel come together and find their harmony. And it's marked on the first night of the week-long celebration of illumination, of lighting these giant 75-foot candelabras out in the court of the women. Now, imagine twice the size of these windows in Dimnit Chapel. And each of these four candelabras would have uh, four branches. And they would pour 10 gallons of oil into each of them, and they would light them on fire, and then they would raise them up, the Temple Mount being up on the hill, so that the whole city could see this great illumination. Most scholars think this is the context in which Jesus is speaking. That illumination is to represent the Shekinah glory, that pillar of fire, where God's presence is with his people. In the midst of these lampstands and all of this burning light, Jesus says to them clearly, I am the light of the world. Friends, there can be no confusion, no obfuscation, no subversive meaning. Jesus is saying, I am God. I am the pillar of fire that was there and then with you now. I am the one tabernacling with you. I am the light for the nations. In that context of this celebration, for the people present and for the people present here, there can be no mistake. Jesus is saying, I am God. It's astonishing. And it obviously triggers reaction from people, people around him. If we keep reading along, there's a great debate about how can you say that about yourself. But Jesus knows who he is, knows who he is. He's, he belongs to the Father. And he says, I am God's son. It's clear. And that reaction isn't accidental. You know, truth does that. Truth is a beautiful thing, but truth demands a decision. It creates a reaction from us. And Jesus making these statements, I am the light of the world, is intended to create a reaction. 
I love this quote from um, C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. He writes, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, about Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and who said the sorts of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says that he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And it is a remarkable claim that deserves our attention and our consideration. To consider that maybe, just maybe, this is a world that God so loves and enters it to save it and to be with us. Isn't that a beautiful thought that God, who makes everything, doesn't just stay distant but wants and presses in into this world to have relationship? And Jesus says that I am the light of the world, but, and here's the promise, the remarkable promise that whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. That in Jesus, the light of God, you will never be in darkness again. Never. It's a declarative. It's final. One translator that I trust, Dale Bruner, says that it should be translated that you will be given the light of real life. The definite article emphasizes the authentic, the real life. And deep down, isn't that what we really, really want? We don't just want a degree. We want that. But we want it to be more. We want this to be a passport into real life. And Jesus is making the remarkable promise that if you follow him, now and forever, I will give you the light of real life. I will illuminate your path. I will be with you now and forever, just like that pillar of fire going before the Israelites. I will be before you, and you will never, ever walk in darkness. An early church father, Irenaeus, in the second century said, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. Mm, mm. That's what Jesus wants for you, to be fully alive. And so I offer for your consideration, Jesus, as maybe a way into the real and authentic life for you. Be curious, investigate, check it out for yourself, taste and see, and then come to find out that yes, real life is right at hand because maybe, just maybe, Jesus came not merely to keep us from dying, but to show us how to live. Amen? Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.